pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this year that you've brought us to. We're thankful for what you have brought us through in 2022. And God, we're excited for what you're going to be doing as we move forward together into this new year. God, we, we do praise you for all of, the, all of the things that we've sung about. And Lord, there's infinitely more. God, we thank you that you are the, the God of, of new beginnings. And Lord, I pray that as we look in your word today, Father, that we can find something that's maybe specifically for each one of us, as you always do through your word. So God, I pray your spirit would continue to move through this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, happy new year. It's, uh, it's great to be back together. And, uh, and as we get started today, uh, I wonder if any of you, like me, suffer from short-term memory. Um, I cannot tell you the amount of times, sorry, I forgot. I can't tell you the amount of times that I have walked down the hall to talk to Sue with a specific thing in mind. And I go, I don't remember why I walked in here. Anybody else have that? Is it just me? It's not just me. I know it's not me. The funny thing is her office is literally on the other side of one wall. So it's not a very long walk down the hall. It's like 12 feet, if that. Um, I know I'm not the only person that suffers with that. We have very short-term memories. We have very short-term memories. Uh, there was actually a, a study done, uh, and National Geographic wrote about this study that was done uh, on the short-term memory of popular animals. Short-term memory of popular animals. How they did this, I don't know. Um, but it covered 25 species that range from dolphins to bees, and it found that the average short-term span, memory span, of these animals, the average was 27 seconds. 27 seconds. And I'm like, wow, I feel like that's 20 seconds longer than mine. Um, pretty amazing. So this was like the midway point of all of these animals. Um, and this was a study that was done uh, by Stockholm University in Sweden. Dogs forget an event within two minutes, supposedly. And some of you are like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Well, scientists apparently say they do. Um, chimpanzees at around 20 seconds. They're worse than rats at remembering things. Um, while many... Uh, many of the, the primates that they looked at, three other primates, um, exceeded only bees. Apparently, bees were the best at this. Again, did they like ask the bees, like, hey, do you remember this? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there and how they did that. At the same time, I think about us as humans. We're mammals, right? We have a problem with memory, too. And very often in the Bible... If you read throughout scripture, you see God telling us to remember often because he knew from the very beginning that we're dumb and that we don't remember things. Sorry, you almost spit your coffee out. Um, I'll, I'll try to have better timing. But, <laughs> but he knew, right? He knew. And so quite often, especially in the Old Testament, if you're reading, it seems like every other page, it's like Moses says like, and he, call, and, and he called this place this 
because God did that here, and we want to remember, and all kinds of things like that. And it's pretty amazing because as we look to the future as a church, one way that we can spur our faith on moving forward is actually by looking back a little bit and remembering all that God has done for us through the person of Jesus. And as we face a new year together as a church and as a church family, we look forward to all of the things that we hope God will do. But I want to encourage us to take some time to remember what he has done in the past to bring us to this place that allows us to look to the future. Uh, if, if you have your, uh, your Bible apps, um, you can certainly follow along with me uh, today on the Bible app. Uh, that's where you can find the notes. Um, and we are going to be uh, in the Old Testament uh, in Joshua chapter 4. But tw- uh, 2022, it was a monumental year for us at Connect Church. It really was. It was a monumental year in many ways. And I believe a lot of what God did in 2022 was actually to set us up and prepare us for what he is going to do moving forward into the future. Because I believe 2023 can be just as monumental, if not more so, for vastly different reasons. Um, Now that God has us in a place to bring us forward. But I think it's important, and the Bible reinforces this idea that it's important for us to look at what he has done in the past to move us to this time and place here because we forget. We so often forget. 27 seconds. 27 seconds. As I said, turn to Joshua chapter 4 if you have your Bibles. We're in uh, Old Testament today. And we're going to look at a, at a really cool story uh, that's on the heels of another really, really cool story. And so let me set this up for you um, because the big idea of the message today is really focusing on the promises of God and, and how we can really rely on those as we move into the future. And the way that we can rely on the promises of God is to look at what he has done in the past to set us up for moving forward. And so here's a little bit of a setup from, um, from where the children of Israel are in, at the beginning of Joshua chapter four. This is 40 years in the making to where they're at. The exodus has happened 40 years prior. And they had, uh, Moses had, uh, had led them out of bondage through the power of God and all of those things that we know uh, from, uh, from the plagues and, and all of those things that are in the Ten Commandments and other things that aren't in that movie um, that happened. And so they made it and they get to the promised land and they're right there on the edge of the promised land. Finally, 40 years in the making. And an interesting thing about this is there wasn't a, gener- there wasn't a person alive that remembered seeing the parting of the Red Sea, or any of those things. They had all, they had all died. God's command was, was that that would be the case. And so that generation had died out. They get to the Jordan River, and they get to the Jordan River, and, and God says for the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant into the middle of the Jordan River, And the power of God would part the river for them to be able to cross. But it didn't really part. It just kind of stopped. And it's pretty cool because the river was actually at a flooding stage. We're talking a 100-foot wide river. And the water was probably 15 foot deep at the time. And so what happens is, and it actually says this if you read chapter 3, that as the priest's feet step into the river, the water actually parts like right under their feet. And it becomes dry land. And it doesn't actually part. It stops way down in a town that's like 
a little bit down the road. And, and so the water stops, almost like a big wall of water right there, and everything's dry from there on out. And it says they cross on dry land right there. And so, again, they get to this place, and this generation is now seeing the power of God in a, in a miraculous way as they're crossing into the promised land. And, and here is what happens then. They cross, and then this is where we're picking up the story in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. It says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, who's the leader that took over from Moses, if you didn't know that. Joshua's the leader that takes over from Moses. And he says, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, and tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Right, there's no water there now, so it's a little bit easier to walk in and grab some, some stones. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel, and he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they reminded us uh, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So these are, these are big rocks. These aren't just like, they didn't just like pick up this little rock and like these are big rocks. They would have to be if we're gonna build a memorial here. And so 12 stones from the middle of the river that were now dry. And so Israel is now on the other side of the Jordan. They're into the promised land. And the first thing God tells Joshua to do is to set up a memorial to remember because he knows that they're going to forget over and over and over and over again. If you read the account of the 40 years that led them to that place, there are so many places. It will frustrate you. I'm just telling you right now because they're like, they completely forget about what God has done and choose to not remember his, how he provided before and just do something completely dumb. They just keep doing that over and over and over again. And so God knows that they need to remember. And so to set up a, a memorial to remember what God has done. And we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But let me ask you this question. What do you think life in the promised land was going to be like? Did they think it was going to be one amazing like vacation? Like a whole like vacation time day after day? Because it wasn't. For the people of Israel, it was actually a place of battle. It really became a place of battle in many ways, but let me tell you what it was most of all. It was a place of trust. It was a place of trust. It had to be. It had to be a place of trust because everything that they had gone through the last 40 years to bring them to that place, they had no choice but to be in a place of trust. And they knew that they had to trust God with everything that they had because the challenges only got bigger from there when they got into the promised land. But so did the blessings. The blessings of God only got bigger as well. <clears throat> as a church moving forward, as we move into the future, we must first and foremost be in a place of trust. We must be in a place of trust. Some of the parallels with the children of Israel here are a little too obvious for us to miss for our church family with everything that we've been through over the last three years or so. But I'll even do one more 
even over the last 10 to 15, that have brought us to this place, we have had no choice but to be in a place of trust. No choice but to be in a place of trust. And as we move forward, the challenges are not going to shrink. The challenges are not going to shrink. They, they might actually get bigger. But so will the blessings. So will the blessings. I've often said that I don't believe that God brought us to this place for it to all fall apart now. And that's based on the principles of God's word. That's based on what we're reading and we, what we'll continue reading. But I believe that now more than ever. Now more than ever. Why? Because through it all, as your leader, God has brought me to a place of trust that I wasn't in three years ago, that I wasn't in 10 years ago. But because of the things that I've seen, because of the things that God has done, because of the things that I'm continuing to see and remember what God has done, that place of trust has only grown more and more and more. And so I could not have more confidence in God and in his plan for Connect Church and the impact that we can have on our community through him if, hear this, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and our hearts and our minds focused on his word. And we know that from scripture that we're gonna read here in just a bit. See, we often fail to trust in God because we forget about the great things that he's done. And often the faith of our children and the next generation is weaker because they've never been told about how great God is and, and the awesome things that he's done and his real working in our lives, individually and collectively. We just don't share it enough. But God calls his people to remember over and over again. God calls his people to remember, to remember his promises, to remember the times that God showed up in amazing ways, to provide at times when all seemed lost, to remember the past, hear it, to fuel the future. That's why. Remember the past to fuel the future. Yet they so often forgot. The children of Israel so often forgot. You see it everywhere in the Old Testament and right off the bat in creation. God knew we would forget. You know, New Year's actually kind of pushes us to look to the future, to look ahead. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good thing for us to be doing that. But what are the stories of God in your life in the past that maybe you've not shared? Maybe you've forgotten them. Maybe they've just kind of faded into the background. I bet it was huge at the time, but it's been more than 27 seconds. And so we forget. We need to use this memorial idea more often. And not a monument, there's a difference. A memorial, not a monument. Monuments, those are different because what those do, those end up causing us to worship the thing more than the one who provided the blessing. That's the difference between a monument and a memorial. And you can see the difference here as we keep reading. In verse eight, it says, so the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them to the place where they camped for the night and they constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. This is cool. At the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant 
were standing and they're there to this day. So Joshua decides he's gonna set up a pile of stones right in the middle of the river, right where the ark is in the bed of the river that's now dry so that when it was lowered in a season of drought, remember I told you this was a time of flooding, this was harvest, so the river was the highest it could possibly be. And he sets up these stones so that in a season of drought, they would testify to the time that God had completely dried up the river so that they could cross. And every so often, during a drought, that memorial in the middle of the river would show as a reminder of the provision and the power of God. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. So the people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. And it was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, so you might fear the Lord your God forever. See, especially in a time of drought, we need to remember the great things that God has done. In a time of, of drought, we need to remember those because this is a way that we can put our faith into action. These memorials of remembrance, they should drive us with confidence into the future. So what do these stones mean? As he said, your children will ask you what these stones mean. See, we don't remember the past great works of God so that we can live in this dreamland of the past. That's not what this is about. Thinking that the best days of our church or ourself or, or whatever are behind us, that's not, that's not the purpose. We remember, we remember them as a point of faith so that we can trust God for greater and greater works in the future moving forward because we've seen and experienced his past faithfulness. I hope you see the difference. See, when I look out and I see the multi-purpose center, I see that new building. I see a building by faith that is aimed at the future. I see a literal answer to prayer because by all human wisdom, that building shouldn't be there. And God provided in some amazing, amazing ways. And those stories of God's provision need to live on. But I think of the literal miracle of the MPC that's sitting there. I think of the literal miracle of the storage building. For those of you here that were here when God literally dropped that brown storage building that's out there in our lap and he was like, you need it here. It was, it was unreal. In a matter of three weeks, the money for that building showed up. We took nothing out of our budget for that. It was just here. It was incredible. We knew we needed it, but God knew we needed it before we knew we needed it. And he was making a way. I think of this building that we're in right now, this stage that I'm standing on, and the amazing sacrifice that it took for us to get to this place. I think of all the people of God in recent past that sacrificed and they did what was right, not what was popular. 
and they did it for the mission of God so that we could reach more people for Jesus and the fact that God honored their prayers, God honored their faithfulness for the sake of the gospel. I see stones of God's faithfulness in a time of drought. That's what I see. When I see our facilities here, I don't see a building to be worshiped because we know that the church is the people, not the building. I see the stones of God's faithfulness in a time of drought. So let's call it what it is. Connect Church is a miracle of God. There's no other way to say it. Connect Church is a miracle of God. In 2022, I'll tell you some things to get excited about. We saw 20 people baptized in 2022. We saw 37 people become members in 2022. And while I'm excited about the Multipurpose Center and all the ministry opportunities that it gives us, absolutely, these are the kinds of numbers that get me excited. These are the kinds of numbers because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about because they're kingdom numbers. They're the reason why. They're the why behind the what. They're the reason why we built this place, why we spent so much time in renovation and thinking through all the things that we did. They're the reason that we're praying and planning for more of those numbers to happen in 23 and 24 and beyond. We're planning and preparing for those things to happen, and I believe that they will. And why can I say that? I can say that because the promises of God are sure, and so let's embrace them by faith. The promises of God are sure because he gives us a plan for how to accomplish the kingdom mission of God. And we can be full of self-confidence. That's not what I'm full of right now. I'm not full of, some of you could say you're full of a lot of whatever, but I'm, I'm full of God confidence, not self-confidence. Because self-confidence brings you to a place of ruin. But we should be full of genuine God confidence because of what we've seen him do in the past. We can trust what, we, what he's going to do in the future. Joshua was full of that kind of God confidence as they entered in the promised land because of what God spoke to him and instilled in him and showed him before they reached the Jordan. And I wanna show you that. If you flip back to Joshua chapter one, go back a couple of chapters, and I wanna show you what God said to him before they got there that gave him as the leader the confidence to go across and go into that land. Take a look at this. In verse seven through nine in Joshua one, God is speaking to him and he says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. This is important. Look at these things here. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Be strong and courageous because you're obeying my word. And you know that if you obey my word, you will be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. What, what's the most important thing? Meditating on the word of God and, and following the word of God, right? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. God says that twice. Do not, actually he says it more than that, but right here he says it twice. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. These are promises of God. These are principles of God that we can latch onto because we are children of God as well because of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. We are children of God also. And so the principles we learn here, they are so important. 
And I wanna be really, really careful with how I say the next thing that I'm gonna say. So listen closely because every word here matters for you to not get the wrong idea about what I'm gonna say. God's word lived out is a guarantee of Christian success. I want you to hear every word specifically. God's word lived out is a guarantee of Christian success. Every word there is carefully written. This is not a promise of life without problems. This is not prosperity gospel. If you're like, oh man, Jay's going there. No, 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 listen to what I'm saying. I'm not the prosperity gospel guy. You guys should know I tell it like it is by now. This is not a promise of life without problems, but it does ensure a life to be able to deal with anything because it takes full advantage of God's presence and God's promises if we stay focused on him and his word. Christian success, that's why that's an important phrase. It is not measured in the same way that we measure the word success. It is, God does not measure success the same way that we do. It's not measured by the same standards as the world. Even when the world sees us as sheep walking to the slaughter, and they might, they might see us that, that way, but we are actually more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we know that because of the truth of the word of God. See, the future might be exciting, it might be frightening, depending on where you're coming at, where you're coming at it, but we can trust in God's faithfulness. We can trust in his love for us, whatever the difficult challenges we face that are coming this year, if, like what he told Joshua, we stay true to the word of God and we stay close to the Lord and we keep our eyes on him. And that success may look different than what we think it's gonna look. There's been plenty of things. How we landed with all of this looked way different than how we thought it was gonna look, but God provided the resources. And there is no one, no one who can get the glory for any of it other than God because that's exactly how we prayed for it and that's exactly how we did it. But let's bring this down to a personal level for a minute because we can talk collectively but I wanna talk individually. What do the stones in your life mean? What do the stones in your life mean? When those times come, when those tough times come and we know that we can point to what he has done in our life, what are those things? What are those things that you can point to? Have you forgotten? Can you remember what God did any longer than 27 seconds. I have no doubt that in each and every one of your lives, and I know in mine, that there have been times where you were at the end of your rope, that you had no idea what you were gonna do, and then some, and God showed up. And he didn't show up in the way that you thought he would, but he did. And at the time, it seemed huge, and it seemed important. And maybe now, a little bit later, you've forgotten because we're not in the habit of maybe memorializing a little bit some of the things that God does in our life because we forget them. But make no mistake, your life in Jesus is a miracle of God. Your life in Jesus is a miracle of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, your life is a miracle of God. And when you forget that, 
That is when you fall into the complaining and into the grumbling and into the, I have no way out of this mentality. Just like Israel did over and over and over and over and over again. Because you haven't set up any memorials in your field of view in those times of drought. Ephesians 2.7 says this. Paul kind of builds on this idea. He says, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. That should be encouraging. God can and will use your story, your stories, as minute as they might seem, as examples or memorials of his grace so that people in the future will be able to look back and say, look at what God did through them. Look at what God did through her. Look at where God showed up in that amazing way in his life or for his family or for his kids or whatever. You fill in the blank there. Look at what God did. Look at the amazing things that God did through them, in them, for them. And that gives confidence in God for the future when you reach those times of drought, because you will. Whatever the situation may come up as you're looking to the future, you can have trust in the faithfulness of God. And, and that brings us to our connection point. The connection point for the day is that God's faithfulness in the past reminds us that we can trust him for the future. His faithfulness in your past is a reminder that you can trust him as you go into the future. It may not all land exactly the way you want it to, but are you even putting it in his lap to begin with? Or has your trust fallen away? Has it been more than 27 seconds? Has that just fizzled out for you? We can trust him for the challenges of the future. Let me give you something practical for a minute. Something that I do. Because quite frankly, my memory is not just the whole like, can't remember what I was going to say walking down the hall. I struggle with this exact thing often as well. So about 10, 12 years ago, I've shared this before. Some of you may have heard this before. But I still want to give it to you anyway if it's something you've not heard. 10, 12 years ago, I don't remember where I was, but somebody suggested this. And it's something that I started. It's a little note that I have on my phone, and it's just called WINS. It's just called wins. That's it. And I write down on that note all the times that God's shown up in an amazing way in my life. And if you read through them, some of them might seem really stupid to you. Might be some really like basic little stuff. Um, obviously, there's some things on there like became lead pastor and, you know, multi-purpose center opened and this person got saved and I got to baptize my kids and like all those things are on there. And yeah, those are awesome but I've also got some little things on there. And I'm, I mean, I'm talking stuff that goes all the way back to like, you know, 10 years ago when I was just youth pastor. I got a couple of things on, the, on that list that actually have Travis in there when he was my student. You know, little things that would be meaningless to you, but to me was God, God working in an amazing way. And so that's a, and it's a really long list that's on there. I just, you could keep scrolling because it's been like 10 years. And so when I get in those times of drought and I get down and I'm, and I'm worried about this or that, I'll pull up that list on my phone 
And I'm gonna be straight with you, just to be fully transparent, that's a list I haven't really added to in about six to eight months. And I was reminded of that when I was preparing this message. And so I backdated a lot of stuff that should have been on there, because I'm human too. But that list has been super helpful for me. And so what could that look like for you? Maybe you you want a, a, a very realistic something to start at the beginning of the new year that would actually make a difference in your life, try that. Try putting a wins list together, whether that's an actual physical journal. Some of you actually use uh, that stuff called paper and and you write. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Maybe you do something like that. Maybe it is on your phone. I don't know, whatever version of that that looks like for you. But you know what that is for me? That's a memorial to the power and provision of God in my life. And at those times when it feels like a drought, I can look at that and be reminded of the awesome things that God's done. I would encourage you to do that, to take the time to do that. It doesn't take long. I'll just date it and put like a little description of what happened. But I want to encourage you to take time to remember what God has done for you this year. And I'm telling you, if you start that wins list now, by the time you get to December, you look back and you see everything that God's done over the year, it will blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Take time to remember what God's done in your life. Take time to grab the stones that has been put in your path and to not forget when he's shown up in amazing and miraculous ways, as small and little as they may be. You know what, I would would actually go as far as to say the little things, remembering all the little things, you can make an argument that those are actually more important than the big things because if it wasn't the little things, you wouldn't have gotten to the big things. Will you bow your heads with me? What are those things that maybe you've forgotten? I would encourage you, even in this time of of prayer and reflection right now, for you to reflect back on 22. What are those things that God did? Where are those times where God provided in amazing ways? If you're not a follower of Jesus right now, I could still guarantee you that there's some times you can think back on where the only explanation is the power and presence of somebody that transcends time and space. We call that person God. If you don't have a relationship with him, if you're not totally sure that you're gonna be with him in heaven one day, you just wanna know more about even what that means, we'd love to talk with you, pray with you, show you in God's word. We've got people with yellow lanyards that are here at the end of every service that you could come down and talk to or you could talk to after the service. You could see us at the orange wall. There's never a bad time really to ask questions and, and, and want to know more about God. And I would just encourage you, if you're here and you're seeking and you're looking, have those conversations. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you give us the ability to remember. But Lord, we struggle with it. Lord, those things can encourage us. They can can push us toward faith in what you're going to do in the future. And Lord, if we keep our, our eyes on you, we keep our our hearts and our head and your word and in your commands and the things that you tell us to do, God, we can't go wrong because we know that we're following you. 
So Jesus, I pray that you would help us. And I pray that each and every one of us would commit to doing a better job this year of remembering what you've done so it can encourage us in those times of drought. And Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Jesus, I pray your spirit would just continue to move in an amazing way and that we would see people come to know you as Savior and to join the kingdom, community, and family of God. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. In Jesus' name.